Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Bucks fans. We are back. It is Real Bucks Talk with another live stream. And as always, I'm joined by my good man, Mark Ramirez. And tonight we have a special guest, Mr. Bucks Nation, James Hill. Man, how are you doing? It's awesome to have you on. Thank you for having me on. I got very confused at the start whenever you both muted your mics. I thought, (laughs) wait a minute, what is happening? Because the last thing I heard was James Hill, you know, take it off let's go and i went okay and then you both muted your mics and i thought am i supposed to to say something i don't know what to do right now but uh you know uh thank you both for having me on greatly appreciated i I do want to say before we start i love what you guys have been doing here on uh the platform appreciate that we uh we don't have we don't have enough youtubers on here for the bucks and uh you guys and your film reviews have been absolute money so thank you for the work you guys do no, I appreciate it. Hey, we're just trying to learn from you, man. You are, you're the master. You're the 2021 Bucks create, create content. I mean, content creator of the year. I mean, that's awesome from uh, the Peter cast guys. So, uh, I mean, we are, we are here with the legend already. So it's awesome. Uh, but I mean, we have some news. I mean, we, you know, NFL offseason is getting going. Uh, we have, you know, obviously Dak Prescott with his big contract uh, just, sign a couple like i think within the hour uh so we have that you know guys are getting franchise tagged um so but you know this is a buck show and we want to get into like i mean just your thoughts of you know really i mean the season i mean super bowl champs i mean it's awesome that's always gonna like how long have you been celebrating that like it's just continued <laughs> celebration or you know when does it stop or yeah so uh in terms of you know how this season is when i, I think even the most op I, I pride myself in being a very optimistic guy. Right. And I think even the most optimistic people's expectations were kind of blown out of the water in terms of how this season ended. Um, in, in terms of celebrations, I'm still celebrating. It still feels wonderful. It doesn't feel real s- still yeah. kind of, you know, I still sit there and think like, man, no, nah, nah, that wasn't the bucks. It's got, you know, it had to have been a different team. You know, there's no way it was the bucks with Tom Brady, you know, cause that just doesn't sound right, you know? Okay. Um, but, it, but it's still going to take some time to actually process it and digest it and sit there and think, wow, that actually happened. Um, 
actually the first day at work when I came back, uh, I got in trouble for celebrating at work. I work at a, a grocery store. So uh, I got in trouble. They told me I need to calm down because I I was just yelling, high five and everybody. <laughs> uh, it was a blast. So uh, yeah, still celebrating, still enjoying the ride. Um, I've said this before on in other places, like on the YouTube channel and other places as well. But like, uh, <laughs> you know, it sounds cheesy and cliche but like i won't forget any one of those guys that were on this roster for this year you know um that's probably like kind of my favorite part is just remembering all those guys so it's all been great yeah awesome hell yeah well about the the work getting upset they know what you do right they know who mr buck nation is right they better know vaguely i I think well well i don't want to tell my bosses because that just would be kind of a weird thing to explain you know uh but seeing you if they have a youtube uh, i i I think like one or two of my bosses had seen the stuff that i did i don't think the other ones would care that much is the thing so um (laughs) yeah uh it, it was uh it was interesting. You know, I, I didn't get in too much trouble. They're just like, Hey, James toned it down. I was like, ah, okay. You know, right. <laughs> I was 12 in mind. I told them, I was like, if we get the Super Bowl, I'm going to lose my mind. And right. once it happens, you guys expect me to be me. I, I just can't act differently. So uh, they literally just let me free reign. I was doing cartwheels, um, <laughs> running around with flags, big old sticker all over my, my desk. So I, it, was, it was fun. <laughs> I mean, come on. How long have we waited for this crap, right? Too long. We, we waited too long. <laughs> God. And now it's it's time. So, That's well, right. I mean, to be honest, we're celebrating. We celebrated. It's, it's just like the same thing. Yeah, life keeps going on. Some people are still celebrating. Yeah, it's awesome in the moment, but you got to keep looking ahead, I guess. And that's pretty much what we do in this channel to show everything. You continue the same things like. You got to keep looking for what's going to happen. What's the next move. And there's a whole lot of things that are ahead of us right now. Cause now we're going to try and keep this team intact. Right. So yeah. What is your opinion? Is like, who's coming back? Who's not, who do you most desperately want to come back? This, these are the big decisions coming. What tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. So it, it all starts tomorrow with the franchise tag deadline. Um, this has been, I mean, obviously I've, I've made some videos talking about it. I've had a lot of people ask me about it. Um, and it's, it's tough too to kind of like put the bias aside and think about it in like a, what do I think will happen? Not do I want to happen? You know, that's why in all the videos I talk about, should the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sign them or not? I, I always differentiate, like, should they, do I think it's personally a good idea? Do I think they should? And then I also split it by saying, do I think they actually will? I always make sure to give my opinion yeah. on both of those. Um, Based on everything I've seen and, you know, listened to in terms of stuff being reported, uh, it's it really is up in the air. Chris Godwin, it seems like he's most likely going to get the franchise tag tomorrow. Shaq Barrett, I mean, that one's still up in the air. Levante David, it seems like he's leaning more towards coming back. And Dominican Sue came out and said that um, he's talked to Jason Light and that he wants to come back as well. Uh, so there's, there's still a lot of stuff up in the air, but if if I had to guess right now, I would say Chris Godwin comes back. Levante David probably comes back. I'm genuinely just going to say 50, 50 on Shaq Cause I don't know. Uh, I think Sue comes back. I think Gronkowski comes back. I don't think Leonard Fournette comes back. 
I think Ryan Suckup comes back. Um, and then probably Antonio Brown comes back. Those would be kind of my guesses. Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. I think we're all on the same page as far as like names go and who returns. I mean, me and Mark have talked about Shaq Barrett and I think we both lean like it is, it's just up in the air. I mean, it really just depends on, you know, the contract and the, and the length and how much you are willing to pay him. Um, you know, obviously he de- deserves it. He deserves to get paid, uh, but it's going to be based off the market. Um, but I think we both agree. Chris Godwin probably gets, gets some type of tag. I think he gets the tag tomorrow. Um, and then we just, you know, we see with Levante, I think we bring him back. Um, and obviously there's going to be some restructuring. We've already taught, you know, heard about Tom Brady, you know, potentially redoing his deal. So that could, you know, help us out a lot. So, uh, yeah, it just remains to be seen. Um, you know, obviously in Dominic and Sue, I think me and Mark have both talked about him a lot. We really like him. I think he's the key. He's a big key of this defense, especially him and Vita Vea. So Mark, uh, let you elaborate on that. Yeah, I mean, to me, you said it pretty much yourself. Like Shaq is the biggest one where I think is if anyone doesn't sign back, it'll be Shaq. I think Chris Godwin, no matter what, we'll get that tag that you just said. Sue, I think we'll be back. I don't think he's going to be crazy and expect nine to 10 million like he did. Like he's always been doing. Levante David, I think it's just rumors. There's no, there's just no way, really. I mean, I think he's just celebrating, excited, and someone wanted to say something and rumors took flight. Like the Odell Beckham Jr. rumors, a lot of people. <sighs> so yeah, I mean, and if this is true, someone's saying Jack, the Jags could be throwing a lot of money at Jack. I wouldn't be surprised. A lot of people would do that, especially after a Super Bowl like he had. But the thing is, like you just said, if you can't make the numbers match, and you're not going to be team friendly to to go for that championship again, well, you can't. The team can't be needing something else, like. You got to think of the team first, and if we're going to give all that money to to Shaq, who else are you going to lose? You could lose two key pieces behind them, Levante being one of them. So, I mean, I I know it's not the best view of saying, "Oh, let Shaq go," but if he's wanting twenty million plus, I, I can't do it. I, I honestly just can't do it. Someone said Shaq over David. Hmm. About that, that's a tough one. Um, you know. I've always been a big defender of Shaq Barrett. You guys can't see it because um, whenever I live stream like the uh, uh, the uh, live game watch parties, it reflects off of these um, these two things I have here. But uh, it's a custom drawing of Shaq Barrett, and then it's a, uh, a, a signed shirt from Shaq Barrett. I've got a lot of stock in Shaq Barrett is my point, <laughs> uh, which, I mean, I think awesome. last time I was even on here, we had talked about how much I love Shaq Barrett. You know, that one I'm just biased for. Um, but – uh, I, w- I would say that I still think that Levante David is more valuable than Shaq Barrett. I'm a big Shaq defender. I think that people uh, harp on him way too much than is necessary, you know, in terms of saying that he, ah, he's not producing. I mean, if you look at advanced statistics, Shaq Barrett's a pretty darn good pass rusher. Um, but Jason Light put it best when he said that he felt uh, Devin White would not be the linebacker he is right now without Levante David. And I think that that rings pretty true. Um, I think Levante David is about as perfect of a mentor as you can have for a guy like Devin White. Um, and that's just makes him so, so valuable. So in, in my opinion, I would still have Levante David above Shaq Barrett personally, uh, taking my love for Shaq aside. Mm-hmm. Let me put this little tidbit in here. This is great. This point right here. 
All they need is an edge that can beat single teams. Shaq feared without help. Ergo, he is not elite and not worth $20 million. I fully agree with that statement. We all here on Roblox Talk Plus and I both say how this team is built from the middle, middle of the defense. Mm-hmm. Vita Vea, Levante, Devin White, and your safeties behind them. That's where the, the meat and potatoes is. The outside edge is only getting single teamed. That's why your advanced stats are saying you're doing so damn well. Because everyone else is scared Vita Vea at 350 pounds is going to kill someone. So, mm-hmm. and you're blitzing A gaps nonstop, leaving the outside better matchups. That's a lot of things that we kind of say. No one's, everyone sees the big numbers of 19 half sacks from last season or Shaq's Super Bowl. But he's getting easier matchups. Yes, he just is. That's why we think the edge is a little bit more expendable. Who do you have behind him? Damn near nothing. <laughs> to be mm-hmm. honest, like Cam Gill, I don't know if you're going to see him step into what Shaq did. No, that's why it's in a hard place where we're going to have to either draft it really high or find one of these guys that go unsigned, maybe a veteran. I mean, but that's again very up in up in the air. But you hope you can bring him back. That's the big hope. But if you can't, I wouldn't put the whole team at liberty because of that. Mm-hmm. What are your takes? Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, um, I, I do think that there were times when Shaq did disappear without help. Um, you could say a similar thing for, for Jason Pierre Paul as well. So mm-hmm. I don't think, I think either one, both has very similar situations, um, which does support that idea of like, you know, Shaq Barrett might not, might not deserve top edge rusher type money. Um, there are plenty of strong options in free agency in terms of guys who may be a little bit less in terms of, of money, um, who could potentially just slot right in and replace the production that Shaq Barrett was doing there. So there still is going to be a lot to pay attention to. Like you said, Mark, um, you, you do want Shaq Barrett to come back because he has proven to be successful in the time that he has had here in Tampa Bay, but if they absolutely can't afford him, uh, they do have a couple of options there that they can go ahead and explore, um, not just in free agency, but also in the draft as well with uh, that 30-second pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So, yeah, I mean, so we talked a little bit about, you know, just Super Bowl celebration. We talked about, you know, free agency, you know, kind of game plan that we feel about, you know, our team and who we should bring back. But let's dive into some of these, you know, rumors that have been just going around, you know, obviously – Let's talk about let's talk about the OBJ thing. I mean, what do you think of that? Uh, is it viable? Is it something that the Bucks should consider? Uh, what's your opinion on, on that on that news? Uh, I do want to say shout out to the boys from um, Can of Fire Podcast, by the way, Rhett and Evan, um, who were in the chat there talking. Um, I, I've talked with them a little bit about this. Um, I have a video actually that is made talking about this coming out either later tonight or tomorrow. Um, and in that video, <laughs> you know, I don't usually do this, but just it's bogus, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. Uh, I usually like to keep like an open mind with a lot of things, but for something like that, no, I think people are taking what Adam Schefter said out of context, um, and just really blowing it out of proportion. I watched the entire clip where he had talked about Odell Beckham Jr. And, to break it down, somebody asked Adam Schefter, hey, if the Buccaneers don't re-sign Chris Godwin, could you see them potentially trading for Odell Beckham Jr.? Adam Schefter said, 
You could say that about a lot of teams. That's strike one. Uh, he's yeah. not talking specifically about the Bucks. He's saying, hey, there's a lot of teams who could potentially trade for Odell Beckham Jr. Um, he then went on to say, um, geez, I'm trying to remember exactly what he said, but he said, you know, there's plenty of teams. The Buccaneers might want Odell Beckham Jr. and Tom Brady might want him, but even if they were to trade for him, they have a lot of other problems in terms of free agency re revolving around the defensive side of the football with Indomitian Sue, Levante, David, Shaq Barrett, guys we were just talking about. So, like, mm -hmm. that strike two, in my opinion, is yeah. even if they were to, you know, consider a trade for Odell Beckham Jr., how the heck are they going to make the cap work? And then the third strike, in my opinion, that a lot of people aren't really paying attention to was Kevin Stefanski, the Browns head coach, um, before the clip of Adam Schefter explaining this, you know, uh, hypothetical scenario. Kevin Stefanski was in a press conference, and he said that they felt that they were in a good spot regarding Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr.'s contracts, and that their goal right now is to build a team of premier players as much as possible while Baker Mayfield is still on that rookie contract. It makes sense. So that's all three strikes in my opinion. Okay. It's not, it's not happening. I, you know, people are just blowing this out of proportion. You know, it's fluff, it's filler, you know, mm. it's, it's just, it's just stuff just to get people riled up, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I'll just, I'll say this quickly. Yeah. No chance. And Mark, Mark I'll, I'll let you go. <laughs> what you got, period. Yeah, accent. But <laughs> that was that was after, that was before the the show. But mm. um, yes, there's there's no big news right now, so they're trying to make news. They're trying to make drama, and it's all agents want to do. They want to be talked about. Or this, the NFL is a drama. Let's just be honest. I mean, there's so much money. There's so much everything. I mean, anything you can think of. There's bad stuff there's good stuff there's exciting there's storylines there's so much stuff yeah jay elmore, elmore said clickbait it pretty much is like i i just showed that little clip i mean how are you going to do this how are you going to say seven hours ago tom brady wants odell beckham jr and then six hours ago tom brady didn't say he wanted odell like this is ridiculous yeah i mean tom, tom brady never said anything it was just adam Schefter saying hey they might want Odell Beckham Jr., Tom Brady, and the Bucks. Like, it's just a hypothetical. Of course, every team in the league might want Odell Beckham Jr. It's Odell Beckham Jr., you know? Yeah, no combine. Let's spread rumors. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, that's the... It is what it is. Uh, can, I, can I ask? Uh, I'm seeing in the chat they're referring to a number three. Uh, oh, no. Here we go. Are they talking that's, about... Uh, no, that's uh, Ryan Suckup. They're talking about. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Oh. 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 Okay. Oh. I thought they were number three had the highest scoring season Bucks history. Okay. I was just I was reading the chat. And I was like, wait, are they talking about? Are they talking about Jameis? I was like, what's what's going on here? I thought I was having a stroke or something. Games don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we we talked about Odell, you know, that rumor, but there's also another rumor. Uh, we had um, Gerald McCoy was talking to. I think NFL radio or something like that. And he said he was interested in coming back to Tampa Bay. Hmm. So what would be your thoughts on Joe McCoy possibly returning uh, to the Buccaneers? You know, it's interesting. Um, I just made a community post about this just a couple of days ago. I was reading an article about free agent fits on NFL.com from Nick Shook. 
Um, and Nick Shook said that a reasonable fit for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a free agent addition was Gerald McCoy. So this is kind of like, that's interesting, right? How Nick Shook makes this article saying, hey, by the way, free agent fit, Gerald McCoy to the Bucks, bring him back. And then just a few days later, Gerald McCoy says, I'd love to come back. Mm. I posted the free agent fit thing, like a photo of it about the, uh, the article and what it said in my community tab. Oh, it didn't go well. <laughs> it, did, it didn't go well. Man, uh, people just blew up saying, no, we don't need Gerald McCoy back. We just fixed the culture in our <laughs> locker room, and we don't need somebody like him in it, which is a bit much, in my opinion. I, you know, And I, I love everybody who adds to the discussion for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think it's all valuable to get everybody's different takes and opinions In my opinion, I would be happy with Gerald McCoy returning to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've always been a fan of his. Um, I I understand why they wanted to move on from Gerald McCoy in place of Indomitian Sue. Um, But Gerald McCoy didn't do anything wrong. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. he really didn't. Um, You know, he, he was always a trooper. He was always doing his best for the team and he was good too. So, you know, would it happen? I don't know. That one's probably, it's probably not going to happen. You know, I mean, they released him. So, you know, uh, I don't think that he'll get brought back, but I wouldn't mind it happening at all. Can I take this before you just go on your rant plus? Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Just one sentence period. I know, but uh, this is, this is talking about storybook endings. That would be one for him. He still has a house here. He was, he left two years did all right in Carolina. Then last year he just got hurt. Mm-hmm. Is there bad blood? He even said on that little radio serious XM radio, little show, he said, there's no bad blood like him and Jason light text him and the players text. I don't see why it would be a bad idea considering he's not going to be asking top dollars. Be honest. He's at the end of his career. He's one of the older defensive tackles in the league. Mm-hmm. If he's asking for money. Okay. Yeah. He's probably calling us or calling the bucks. Let's be honest. So, uh, I think he'd be a good fit for a five tech, not a run stuffing guy. Uh, Raymond St. James, he doesn't play the run. I agree that that's one thing. Well, I'm like, he doesn't fit us well, but if you're matching him with a Sue, a Vita Vea, Golson, and you're rotating him in and out. I think that's awesome. Does that mean we don't draft defensive line? Hell no. I still think you got to think for the future as well. Cause he's only going to be here a year. If that, so and I'm I'm thinking hypothetically. So I just see it'd be a good match for both him and the team. Because it's not like you're gonna be you're probably gonna do an Antonio Brown contract where it's like barely anything. He's just trying to win. And I, I don't see the problem in that. And especially with his injury, he says he's not gonna be ready till training camp. Maybe he doesn't even get signed until training camp because of that. So I don't know. I, I think it's it's not a bad or a good thing if he we don't look at him heavily. I mean, I don't think why people get so mad about the culture thing. It wasn't really necessarily him. Why? Just because he helps people up. I, I, well, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, my thing on it is they, they did release him for a reason. You know, obviously they looked at him. They didn't feel like he was a fit for what they were trying to do defensively. Uh, so, I mean, I wouldn't mind taking a look at him. I think he's probably going to be ready closer to training camp time. So maybe you bring him in for a workout and, and see what you have. Um, if he's fully 100% and he looks good, he hasn't lost a step as far as physically, 
then I, I would say, okay, maybe you sign them to incentive contract, you know, one year deal type thing when you can bring them in, you know, on a rotational basis as a pass rusher, you know, on third downs and use them that way. And you don't have to use them on first and second down and you just use them as part of your pass rush package. I, I could see that being a possibility. Um, I wouldn't mind it, but do I think it's likely? Probably not. I agree with you guys. I think most likely we don't bring them back. I don't think we entertain the idea. Um, you know, I think they need a draft. I think a lot of people will agree they need a draft defensive tackle, defensive end, you know, invest into the front seven and get more youth on that side of the football because these are aging guys that we already have in place. You know, JPP, 32, uh, Dominic and Sue, you know, he's up there in age. If we bring him back, you know, Shaq Barrett's 29. I know that's, you know, not old, but still you want to get some more youth up there um, for your defensive front. And Vita Vea, I mean, he's already 27, so – yeah, um, I do want to say this. Um, I, I, I while we were just talking about, it, I thought like, oh man, maybe they would like cut Will Golston as a cap casualty, bring in Joe McCoy. I don't think that would happen. But you know, I think Mark, you said it. You know, if they bring him in on like an Antonio Brown type deal, where they give him like some low end money with some incentives, and if they brought back Sue. That'd be pretty cool to have Vita yeah. Vea and Dominican Sue, Gerald McCoy, and Will Golston rolling out there. That that would be pretty cool. I mean, yeah. uh, Rhett makes a good point. Who would be wearing 93? Um, <laughs> yeah, pr- I don't think McCoy would be wearing 93 anymore. He'd probably have to change his number. But mm. it would still be pretty cool to get all those guys on the field because Gerald McCoy still has some fans. Sue has a lot of fans. Vita Vea has a lot of fans. Like It'd be cool to have all three of those guys on the same team. Yeah, I mean, overload it like you did the wide receiver group last year. And the yes. tight end group. Why, why don't you just do that to the defense? Mm, yeah. If all those guys want to sign like that. But why the hell not, right? So mm. who gets 93? Vita Vea, uh, not Vita Vea, uh, Ndamukong Sue because he's on the team right now. Yeah, and, you know, I think even if McCoy were to come back, like, he was a little salty about it whenever, you know, they did give Sue his 93. But, you know, he's had a couple of years to cool off. He'd probably be okay with giving up his 93 at this point. Mm. Yeah. yeah. He's the one coming in. And right. Sue's been performing, like, nonstop. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be cool, though, to see them together, like Sue and McCoy and Vita Vey all together on the same team. That'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, just continue the the free agency talk. I mean, James, I don't know if we're going to be bringing in a lot of free agents from other teams, but would you, I mean, just like name a couple guys that maybe you think uh, or that you like in general that maybe could be a fit for the Buccaneers? Yeah, um, I made a video talking about James White and whether or not Tampa Bay Buccaneers should or should not resign or resign, should or should not sign him. I said that, you know, it's at least worth looking into, but you could say that for every single receiving back out there. The Buccaneers got pretty darn lucky because they need a receiving back, and there are so many good receiving backs out there. Like, it's amazing. Uh, James White's out there. I believe Rex Burkhead is out there. Deion Lewis is out there. Duke Johnson is out there. I love me some Duke Johnson. Um, Theo Riddick is out there as well. That's just five guys who I feel the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would at least take a look at. It's not even including the guys in the NFL draft. Um, There's so much talent in that receiving back room or free agency class. Like that would be, in my opinion, priority number one in terms of what they should look for. Bringing in a veteran cornerback would also be somebody that I, or something that I would look into if I was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, 
not somebody who could be a starter or who should be a starter, but definitely somebody who's like a fourth uh, cornerback, I think would be a pretty good fit. Kind of like a Ross Cockrell. Um, if they want to re-sign him, that'd be cool. Um, maybe get a little bit more depth in that edge rusher position as well. There are still a couple of guys out there um, who have history with uh, Todd Bowles, with Bruce Arians. I love Jordan Jenkins. I freaking love mm. that guy outside linebacker for the Jets. I think mm. that he'd be a wonderful addition to this defense. But uh, with all fridge and signings, got to see if the money's there and stuff like that. Um, yeah. what, but, what do you think of uh, what's his what's his name? Henry uh, Anderson, I think it is. Yeah, that was another one I saw yeah. in terms of having like um, I don't know where they would play him. Be a defensive tackle or defensive end. I mean, he'd probably kind of rotate around. I don't know how much money he would command. I believe he was just making what seven, eight million dollars yeah. a year on his last contract. So I mean, right. him and his agent may say, "Well, let's at least try get somewhere a little bit below that." So that's going to really depend on pricing. But those are some of the guys and positions that I would kind of keep an eye on. Is kind of getting a veteran fourth string cornerback, getting a little bit of help in terms of veteran edge rush defenders. Um, and then also receiving back is something that I would look at or some of the things that I would look at if I was the Bucks GM. Okay. I see people in the chat. Jedrick McKinnon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jarek McKinnon. Um, some people saying, yeah, no expats. Why, why not? I mean, especially Mm -hmm. James White. I mean, they have that strong connection. Henry Anderson is basically the same as Will Golson or same as Anthony Nelson. Same, same kind of thing, but yeah. I agree with you on a lot of points on there. I mean, I like the receiving threats in the draft. I don't know why Jason Light just doesn't draft receiving threats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the draft, but maybe it's something he's still. When I mean threats, I mean as in the running back room, like mm-hmm. you're mentioning. So, right, maybe it's something he's still learning to do. I mean, it, it seems like he's getting better with the drafts to me every year. That's just an area he needs to get better at. But obviously edge rusher is something we're going to need to address at some time. Is it through continuously always getting a trade or a veteran somehow? I don't know, I, but that's, that's something that they need to kind of invest in somewhere. I, I don't know if it's whether you're paying someone through free agency, which I really don't like doing draft someone, but I don't know. But some people saying to Mark Dotson up here. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Yeah, probably not Demar Dodson. I don't know if he's um, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's definitely something that could happen. I, I'm looking at some of the names too, uh, outside linebackers like Marcus Golden. I know the Buccaneers were maybe interested him in him at some point a couple of years ago mm-hmm. when Bruce Arians first got to the team. That could be somebody that they look at. Um, I love Hassan Reddick, but the Bucks aren't going to get him. Unfortunately, he's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah, um, yeah. I like him. Yeah, just kind of some depth guys too. Brennan Scarlett from Houston, 28 years old. He could be kind of a guy. I'm not knocking Anthony Nelson or anything either, but I mean, if Anthony Nelson's kind of your only depth piece besides guys like Cam Gill, which I mean, I'm fans of them as well, but getting another veteran in there who at least can like help out with a lot of those backup guys would be huge. So, you know, kind of looking at guys like Jordan. I love Jordan Jenkins. I really do. I really want them. I really want them to sign Jordan Jenkins, but uh, Marcus Golden, um, you know, Brennan Scarlett, um, guys like that. Maybe what do you guys think about Alden Smith? Mm. Could that, could that be a guy they look at, you know, just kind of coming off of a, 
you know, he's, he's had his problems, you know, his, his situations, but he, he had a pretty decent year last year. Is that something they could maybe look at if the price is right? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't hate it. I mean, you know, Bruce Aarons is about, you know, second chances and, you know, being understanding of people's past and, you know, understand that people make mistakes, but that's not who they are. So, mm-hmm. I mean, um, yeah, I would, I would entertain it, uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, you know, obviously they're going to, like we said earlier, they're going to try to get their own guys back. But I, I think, and, you know, me and Mark have talked about this relentlessly oh, via text message about just drafting, you know, defensive line, uh, mm-hmm. defensive tackle, edge. We need a draft. Like, we need to invest it. It's time. It's time to invest um, in the early rounds. And, you know, um, you know, with that said, I guess we can, Mark, unless you had something else you wanted to add on free agency, I guess we can transition to the draft. Oh, I agree. James, if Eldon Smith wants to come here, I'd 100% jump on that. It'd be interesting. Um, and, and then also, just real quick at corner, Daryl Roberts. He has a history with um, Todd Bowles with the Jets. Um, mm-hmm. Justin Bethel, I believe he also has a history with Bruce Arians in Arizona. Correct. Um, just kind of some interesting guys like that who could be like that fourth cornerback. Or, hey, you could even bring back Ross Cockrell. So just kind of a couple of names there. One more before we switch over to something else. Jack said uh, Calvin Oy. 12 million, same stats as Shaq. Uh, you know, he's never had the, the sacks Shaq has, but, I mean, it's a pa- Patriots type of guy, 3-4 outside linebacker. I mean, would you entertain that? That would be interesting. I, I would think if you're not if you're not bringing back Shaq, I really don't know how much you'd be willing to spend at that. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be weird. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not yeah. bringing back Shaq, then it's like, well, how much are you really willing to spend at that position then, you know, to bring in his replacement? I don't know if, you know, they might think that 12 million might be a little bit too much to find his replacement. Cause then it, it'd be weird. Maybe, maybe they could look at Kyle Van Noy. That could be something that'd be very interesting. Um, I think personally, like if they don't bring back Shaq Barrett, they might not go for another big name guy. Who's going to cost, you know, double digit millions of dollars. I would think if anything, they may go for like, another Shaq Barrett type project where they bring in, you know, kind of a younger mid twenties kind of guy who is trying to prove himself and uh, just try and see if they can duplicate that magic they got with Shaq, you know, who's a great example of that, you know, just Jordan Jenkins, you know, I'm just, just saying, you know, just bring the guy in. Speaking it into existence. Right? We're going to do a whole live stream on how James is right. 100%. Yeah. I will be so happy if they actually bring in Jordan Jenkins. That'd be uh that'd be sick. Show <laughs> when we're rooting for Vita Vea to be drafted, and then everyone else wanted Derwin James. I wish we had this. I would have gone ecstatic, laughing, while everyone else would have been downing him left and right. Mm, right, oh, would have been it. God, been phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you were gonna say? Oh no, I was just I'm I was just gonna transition to the draft. If you guys are ready to talk draft. Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, so, I mean, looking at the draft, James, you know, obviously we're in a different position than we've ever been before, you know, 32nd pick, uh, not used to that, you know, usually we're picking top 10, top 20. Um, so, I mean, just your thoughts on, I guess, strategy at 32nd and, and how does it, how does it change your approach when you're picking that late? 
Yeah, so first things first, it feels great, by the way, to uh, <laughs> to be pick 32nd because, you know, we won the Super Bowl. Right. Um, but when I look at, you know, some of the people that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could pick, I don't, you know, we kind of saw with the Kansas City Chiefs last year with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire where you're you're trying to get a guy who's going to be a really high-tier role player. And, you know, that that is kind of what Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was at first, you know, kind of finding his way. Uh, working into that starting role with the Kansas City Chiefs, and they signed Le'Veon Bell, you know, and you know, all that other stuff happened. But um, I, that's kind of what I expect from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is to not get like an immediate, like super crazy impact player, but maybe get a guy who can be a reward, uh, reliable, like fringe starter, uh, maybe even full time starter kind of guy. Uh, in the most recent mock draft that I did, I had them taking who was it? It was Christian Barmore, defensive. Uh, lineman from Alabama you know I think a guy like that could potentially be a replacement for a Will Golston or an Indomitian Sue depending on what they want to do um getting younger at certain positions and just getting really high tier role players and um you know fringe starter type guys uh that would be my strategy okay for first so I mean my thing with Barmore a lot of people do really like Barmore Mm-hmm. I I see him as like a, a three technique, a really good three technique. But mm-hmm. coming out, obviously he's not elite as how Jerry McCoy was coming out. That's why he was a top 10 pick. That's right. why they're projecting him could be possibly available at 32. And if people are saying Jerry McCoy isn't a fit here, why is Barmore a fit? That's why I'm like, yeah. I, I, I like him as a player. Don't get me wrong. He, there's things he does that he shoots gaps really, really well. So I'm just wondering, like, why, why is he a good fit here now? But Jerry McCoy is just a crap. So I mean, that's where I'm kind of questioning people, what, what they're seeing in a player evaluation. But, I mean, yeah. then again, you never know. Maybe we are going to look at him because he would be the best player available. I still think draft best player available no matter what. And like you're kind of hinting at with the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, if one of those running backs is there, like Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, I, and there isn't a great edge rusher because there was a huge run on him. I don't see how you can pass him up. I, I know a lot of people will be like, that's stupid. I, for one, think it is stupid to draft a first round running back. And people are someone saying, oh, the five, the fifth year, we need that one year. I, I don't agree with any of that, but I would, it would be justifiable to me if a player is that good of that talent and it's that much of an upgrade. I don't, I don't know. It just, to me, I could justify it. If it was there at 32, it's like literally right there in the second round, but it's going to be tough. I don't think they're both going to be there though. Yeah. Plus what's your hot take? Yeah. I mean, trade down. That's pretty, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much it. But uh, no, I mean, you know, I, I think you, it's going to be different, right? Because like you, it's a waiting game. So you have to see what, you know, pops up, what takes place, you know, there's all different kinds of scenarios that could happen, but you're the last pick of the night. And it's like, you know, who's going to be that guy that's falling. Uh, Do you go up and trade for that guy? Uh, Do you just sit back and wait? Uh, Do you have a quarterback that's on the board that, you know, other teams want to trade up for, Um, you know, a lot of people are talking about Mac Jones and him being top 10 pick now, which is crazy. Um, You know, it's the whole Daniel Jones thing again, it looks like. So, you know, is is that going to take place? Are these quarterbacks going to fall later than we expect? Um, 
And, and the same thing with like the running backs, you know, is defensive players going to go higher than we anticipate? You know, it's an edge class that I think has a lot of guys that are talented, but very raw as far as what they can do. Yeah. You know, from, from a skill standpoint, I mean, there's some guys that are more polished. Yeah. Go ahead, James. You're going to say something. I was going to, I was just, yes, I agree (laughs) because like in, in terms of like technique and stuff like that, like freak athletes, but in terms of technique and other stuff, like a lot of these edge rushers kind of struggle with the same things. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's, I mean, that's what we're seeing again. We're going to have, uh, an, another, we put up uh, Ronnie Perkins today, and we have uh, Greg Russo coming up next. That will be out later this week, and, and we see a lot of things. I mean, Russo is a guy that's talked about as like a top 15 talent, but you look at him, he's basically playing defensive tackle as a edge defender, and like you really – I mean, can this guy play on the edge in the NFL? It doesn't look like it. Like he's going to have to be taught how to play defensive end or, you know, be that guy. Uh, He's got long ass arms and really good tools, but it's like uh, he just doesn't show enough as far as putting everything together. And I think that's the case with a lot of guys that we've seen, Um, you know, obviously, you know, Aziz Ojulari and like Joseph Osai are a little bit more consistent. They have a little bit better, you know, from the tool standpoint, uh, we looked at Joe Chiron, um, who, you know, he's got some good qualities too, but a lot of these guys are going to be in that range from 23, probably to like 36. And it's like, really, you know, who is going to be taken? Like who's going to be taken higher than that? Um, you know, cause you have teams that need pass rushers. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what, you know, where these guys fall, but you know, if it's me, I, I'm looking to trade down and try to get more picks because I just feel like the talent level is better on day two um, in the second and third rounds. I just feel like there's better value there. Uh, you know, I look at the first round prospects. I only see about maybe 15 first round grades uh, in this class, and I don't think we'll get one of those guys to fall to 32. Especially with guys, too, who fit the needs for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, is that what you were alluding to, Michael, in terms of like 15 guys who fit what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be looking for? Well, yeah, not just that, but just talent overall. Okay. Um, okay. You know, and, and, and then I look at offensive linemen, too. You look at the yeah. offensive tackle class, and, and that's another position that's probably going to go early. Like, you know, do you take a guy like Alex Weatherwood, who I really like, but I think he's projected more as a guard? Um, at the next level, which I wouldn't mind. It'd be a good depth piece, but it, it's just going to be decisions like that. I mean, or, or do you take a chance on like a Landon uh, Dickerson, you know, who's coming off, you know, major injuries, but is a hell of a player when healthy, um, you know, so it's just a lot of the guys that I like, I think would be better value later in that second round. You're basically picking a second round pick pretty much at 32, but I would like to see if you can get more capital uh, to work with. One thing I want to say quick too is, you know, now now that now that that's clarified to me, like there's 15 guys who you kind of have a first round grade on just for talent in general, cut that in half then for the players who would specifically fit the needs that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. They're not going to want a quarterback, you know, with that first round pick, or they're not going to want a wide receiver with that first round pick. So it's like, there's not a lot of options there. So I kind of see what you're talking about in terms of trading down, especially with the cap constraints that they have to, rebuilding that depth up in the draft could be something that they look at. Yeah, absolutely. So you're saying 15 guys, first round grade. I'm assuming two of those guys are running backs already. First round talents. We're talking elite talents. 
Yeah, first round talents. Um, talents. Yeah. Compare to me, like those two running backs, easily top of the class. The offensive line class, insane. Hmm. And the edge rushers are a bunch of guys where they have a lot of tools, they just don't know how to use them all yet. And some of them only have one trick pony <clears throat> right now. Now, now I will say this too, with the edge rush class being what it is in terms of you know a lot of raw guys. Um, I mean, even if they were to one, that might be an incentive to bring back Shaq Barrett. But two, even if they were to bring back Shaq Barrett, they still may go ahead and draft an edge rusher in round one because if they're extremely raw, they can learn behind Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett, and then you're solving some of that depth issue as well at the edge rushing position. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, when I talk about 15 players, you know, that's usually the case for drafts every year. It's usually about 15 to 18 guys that are legit first-round talents because they're consistent and they show exactly who they are on tape and it, it backs them up and they just project really good at the next level. Like, you know, you look at, you know, the top guys in this class, obviously Trevor Lawrence. Okay. First round talent, great quarterback. You look at, you know, the other quarterback, Zach Wilson and, and Joe um, uh, fields. And, you know, obviously you have Trey Lance, you know, so quarterbacks, those guys I, I think are, you know, legit first round talents. Um, and then you look at just the offensive line in general, I think the offensive tackles um, are really good. Uh, Panay Sewell, Slater, um, you know, Cosme, I'm trying to think, uh, Tevin Jenkins, those guys are first round talents. And then the receiving core, the cornerback position, I think at the top, those, I mean, the talent is really good. De- Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Waddle, uh, yeah, Rashad Bateman. And then um, cornerbacks Farley and uh, Patrick Sertain. Those guys are really good. Uh, Linebackers, Micah Parson. So I I could go on. And then you look at, you know, your edge options. You know, uh, we're going to look at, uh, what's his name, Mark? uh, Kitty Payway. And um, (laughs) yeah, Quitty Pay. Yeah. Is that how you say it? Pay? Okay. Yeah, that guy from Michigan. So. I mean, we you look at him, you look at Jalen Phillips, you know. So all these guys, the defensive tackle class, I think, is very weak. Unfortunately, uh, I don't, I don't see a lot of top end guys there. Uh, you talked about Barmore, uh, high upside, but again, I just don't feel he's a fit for what we're going to do. Um, so I think he can go to a team that can utilize him better. Um, but again, that was a long uh, rant. <laughs> <laughs> a long spiel, but overall, basically the talent is, uh, it's top heavy. Um, and when I look at, you know, 32nd pick, I just feel like the better value is getting those extra picks in the second and third rounds where you can really maximize and trade down and, and probably get like a Javante Williams, who I think is a really damn good running back. And it would just be better value from that standpoint. Yeah. I, I agree fully about the trade back mm. I'm saying of the situation of if one of those two running backs are there, Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta look at it. I mean, ETN is a hell of a player, and then Najee Harris can do everything. So can ETN. So yeah, if one of them are there, I think you definitely uh, consider it. And that's an upgrade. It's an upgrade over Rojo. I'm sorry, I love Rojo, but it's an upgrade, and he's an instant starter. I agree, James. What do you think about running back 32? Look, I'm a very big Ronald Jones fan. Okay, I really am. Now. I actually, in my first mock draft that I did, I had them taking Kenneth Gainwell, uh, I believe, with one of their picks later on in the draft. It was either second or third uh, because he's just a phenomenal receiving back. 
I still pound the drum for Ronald Jones, darn it. I'm going to die on that hill. Um, I mean, obviously, Najee Harris. I mean, the dude's an absolute beast. He, he just looks like a – he's basically just Derrick Henry. Uh, I mean, and that's a tough thing to pass up. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like Michael said – you know, if one of those guys is there at 32, I think they would consider it. I would not personally be a fan of a running back at 32, but if I'm taking my bias away from it and just thinking about it very uh, realistically, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that is something they do, uh, Mark. And that's kind of what you alluded to as well with that best player available type situation. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I, like I just said earlier, like I'm, mm-hmm. Not for running backs early. Never am. Never. I mean, I'm not for paying running backs in general. And Rojo's contracts, this is his last year under his contract. So what do we have in the future? I mean, yeah, you have Vaughn right behind him, Keyshawn Vaughn. So he, he could have the next level up that Rojo had his second year. And Vaughn yeah. literally barely got touches and he could catch the ball at Vanderbilt. So he's proven that to me. So let's just see it at the NFL level. I think he can. So that's why, to me, running back truly isn't a need. A lot of people are saying it is. Yeah. But if you can get a talent at that elite level, I don't see why you wouldn't do it. That's my right. own. This is yeah, and, and I agree with what you guys are saying. Again, I'm not a fan of drafting running backs in the first round. Hell, I wasn't a fan of drafting an inside linebacker at fifth pick overall. Yeah. But <laughs> you know what? It, it, it works because Devin White is a natural playmaker and he fits this defense to a T. He is, you know, he's the key to the defense. Everything runs up the middle. So you know, my whole thing is I'm looking for impact. I'm looking for impact players. And if running back is going to make the biggest impact, because when you look at our team, that's probably the biggest position that could use an upgrade in my opinion. Um, and, and you go make that play, but you know, offensive line edge rusher, you know, any type of, you know, those kind of things, I think I'd be very happy with at 32 because it's going to make an impact, whether it's, you know, this season or in next season, because we're losing guys, um, you know, to free agency or what have you. Yeah. So let's, let's James, let's get bring you into this. So we're, Oh no, not this one. Where is it? <laughs> oh, hey, Kevin. <laughs> about here? Kevin, here he is. Kevin 55, 22 says, how would you guys feel if the Bucks draft a cornerback or safety early? They felt they were the best player available. We always talk about this best player available thing. You consider those two spots an area of need and how would you feel if i mean we we are kind of loaded not loaded but pretty good players are there how do you feel about that it would be tough because i mean that would it'd be yeah that'd be a tough thing to look at uh the bucks geez it feels like they've drafted at least one or more cornerbacks and safeties like in every draft you know when we look at the guys down jordan whitehead starting safety he was a draft pick antoine winfield jr starting safety he was a draft pick mike edwards borderline starting safety. He was a draft pick cornerback, Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Jamel Dean. They were all draft picks. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've already spent so much freaking draft capital, but we just talked about it with Ronald Jones. Some of these guys contracts are expiring here coming up soon. Jordan Whitehead, Carlton Davis. I think that both those guys would probably get re-signed probably, Mm -hmm. but um, if they were to draft a cornerback or a safety, that would basically be them saying, ah, you know, we like Jamel Dean, but we don't think he should be a starter. Ah, we like Jordan Whitehead, but we don't feel he should be a starter. And I just don't think that's going to happen. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Bruce Arians has been very public about just the development of all these young secondary guys and how happy he's been with their development. So uh, personally, I don't think it would happen. I think that it would be more of a situation where they, at that situation, if that really is the best player available, a cornerback or a safety, maybe they would trade down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with it, what you said. I, I think, you know, it's always good to take secondary players, I think, in every draft because, again, when you look at this game, what is it about? It's about getting after the quarterback. It's about stopping the pass. You have to be able to throw the football as well. You have to be able to protect your quarterback. So, you know, taking, you know, left tackles, taking pass rushers and taking, you know, secondary players, I think is a very good idea. But I would lean towards if they were going to take one, it would probably be on a day three type of thing where you're adding guys that you feel have tremendous upside and can grow um, into a position later down the road, you know? Uh, So I I think that's what they would look at, especially when you look at this secondary class in general. Uh, I think there's some guys day three that could be uh, very beneficial uh, for this team. Yeah, I mean, so talking about later in the draft then, so I know you mentioned Kenneth Gainwell earlier. Is that like your your favorite guy for later in the draft? Who's who's a James? There was there was another cornerback I had taken a look at. Um, Brian Mills, I believe is his name. From let me see if I can find him exactly. One moment. Yeah, Brian Mills, cornerback from North Carolina Central. I had the Bucks taking my first mock draft. Um, I think he kind of falls in line with what the Bucks do. Six foot one, one hundred eighty pounds. He's a pretty decent press man corner. Um, and I think that like Michael said, you know, a later round guy, the bucks are potentially losing Ryan Smith in free agency. So maybe they get just his replacement for a guy who is, can play a little bit better that cornerback position than what Ryan Smith was giving the bucks. Um, and also replace that value that he has on special teams as well. That would be something I think the Buccaneers would consider in terms of, uh, like a cornerback or even a safety. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like that idea. I like, um, you know, obviously the hot name I think going around is Kelvin Joseph out of Kentucky. I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's a really good player that, you know, obviously he might go day two, but I, I think he would be a good pick. Um, you know, a lot of people now talking about Eric Stokes from, from Georgia because he ran a four two five. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think, you know, that's what they're going to look for. I think they're going to look for athletes. I think they've done that in the past and, and really find athletic guys that can do things in space uh, that fits their defense. Um, so it'll be uh, it'll be fun. I'm excited for it. You know, and talking about Gainwell, uh, we love Gainwell. I, I think that guy he can do everything. Mark brought me on to him, and he's uh, he's legit. Like uh, it's unfortunate he didn't play last year. You know, obviously had circumstances. Um, you know, with COVID, and I think his family family um, you know had issues issues there and so obviously you wanted to take the time but uh hell of a player the the one scenario where i'd be fine with the buccaneers taking a cornerback early just because i think it'd be really cool is if they took asante samuel jr oh true fuller state yep right well uh, it's not even just because i'm a i don't i don't really i don't like florida state i don't i don't you know care for them and i don't hate them i just don't care for them look listen so anyway, so the point I'm trying to make is that it would just be cool to have Antoine Winfield Jr. and then Asante Samuel Jr. on the same team. It'd be kind of right. cool, right? Legacies. Yeah. Yep. Right. You know, it would, that that would be cool. That's why I think it would be cool, you know, is to kind of have like these uh, really long tenured uh, secondary players' sons on the team. That's, right. that's, that's, that's cool. 
mm-hmm. that Tom Brady's played with. And <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, he's either played with him, played against him. You know, it, it, it that would be cool. Gosh, that, you know what? Based on that, we got to do an evaluation. We got to do a film breakdown. Yeah. Oh yeah, we will. Because that that would be cool to see, though. Right. This is another guy I like, Jared Patterson, uh, Buffalo University. He's another running back that I think kind of like uh, – he's very similar, I think, uh, to uh, Devin Singletary for for Buffalo, mm-hmm. for the Bills. I, I, I just like his game. Like kind of shorter back, not very big, can do everything pretty much. Uh, so I really like his game. I mean, I'm a fan of, uh, I'm a fan of him because, uh, you know – I'm I'm just reading through a quick report right now. I haven't done research on Jarrett Patterson yet, but it says that his ideal role is a number two running back in a committee. Sounds good yeah. to me. You know, Ronald Jones can still be the starter. <laughs> Did he say that? That's his own ideal role. <laughs> right? No, no, it's uh it's on the uh, the draft network. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean I mean the, the fact though that we're seeing Kenneth Gainwell. Uh so I can't pronounce this guy's first name, but I've seen him. He's a bigger dude. Oh uh, Stevenson. Yeah, Stevenson. Oh, uh, yeah. From, uh, is he Oklahoma? Ramondre, I think it is. Rahan Ramondre, I don't know. But mm-hmm. yeah, Ra- Ramondre. He mm-hmm. is a ball, literally a bowling ball. Like, yeah. You can jump over you, you can run over you. So, yeah, there's guys like him. There's Jared Patterson. There's Gainwell. There's talent later in the draft, which is another reason why I always say never draft running back early. Kamara mm-hmm. was a first round pick. I mean, there's, a lot of talent you can have. Yeah. You have to have a, an elite yeah. level type of Michael back. Michael Carter Jr. is really yeah. good too. Especially so. when your offense isn't centered around running the ball. No, yeah. it's not. Pass right? first. That's all you do. So you better have an elite bell cow or pass first. So you don't really necessarily need it. But I would I'm very open when it comes to certain situations like that, especially if the talent matches the the spot where you're drafting and there's no, no one else near what that guy is. Okay. I can justify it. I'm not going to reach on a guy just, be, just because oh, I have a need here. This mm-hmm. guy, it's a top should have been a top 10 pick is there. I got to do it. It's got to do it. I and mean, that's almost the OJ Howard situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a fun topic there. <laughs> OJ Howard. O- o- yeah. Oh, if we should trade him or keep him or, what could it's it just, do? Yeah, it's just the tight end room in general. It's it's yeah. going to be interesting what they do with Cameron Brait and uh, you know OJ Howard as well. You know, could be really interesting. Um, I I have a buddy of mine um, who's a big Cameron Brait fan. We've talked about. It. He goes, uh, me and him, you know, talked at length. He goes, I just feel like Cameron Brait could still be a cap casualty. You know, if it means like bringing back a guy like Sue or Gronk, and you use Cam Brait's money for that, I think you got to do it especially with OJ Howard coming back too. Um, I've seen a lot of people say that like, you know, oh man, they should get rid of OJ. Like it doesn't save them the money that it would save uh, cutting Cameron Bray, does it? Yeah. So, it's more than OJ right now. Right. So yeah. yeah. I mean, OJ's, OJ's going to get a raise here shortly um, just because they, they have to, his option is going to kick in. So he'll probably be making about the same as Cameron Bray, be about 6 million. Right. Um, and, and I just think and it's guaranteed if he gets injured, right? I, I believe so. Yeah. So it, it would be interesting. I mean, it, people forget too. like OJ was looking pretty good before he got hurt. He was finally starting to rebound a little bit too with Brady. And then he unfortunately, you know, messed up his Achilles and whatnot. Um, 
I feel like if we would have seen an entire year with OJ Howard, with Brady, I mean, the offense would have been even more potent. I know mm-hmm. people are saying that Brady is reliable. He was, especially in that playoff run. But, I mean, you got to make sacrifices somewhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Well, it'd, be, uh, it'd be interesting to see, too, like with like maybe Tanner Hudson could fill in that Cameron Brate role, you know, or something like that. I don't know. Would it hard to see him go? Yes. Obviously, he's, he's been here so long. He's done nothing but produce when given the opportunity. And he made the play of the offseason, yeah. too. I mean, catching that Super Bowl trophy, that was – that's no joke. I mean, he will always be a legend for that because – it's a heck of a catch. Like yeah. people don't realize how hard that was. I mean, that's a trophy that has sharp edges on it. And he caught it bare hands and just, I mean, he, that was a, that was a hell of a play. That and might, that might, that might've just kept him on the team from that alone. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. So he, he saved the day. That was disgusting though. Either way. I mean, <laughs> fifth, fourth tight end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have Anthony Alclair, who I don't know if, if he gets re-signed back and, then you have, um, you know, this kid Malcolm Moore, or or uh, not, yeah, not Malcolm Moore, not the rapper. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's six seven. He's a big dude, so maybe. Well, I mean, a whole lot of good things are about to happen. That's all. I I think it's bring your guys back, see what you can do. Don't yeah. find a way. Yeah, it's gonna be. So, a- so the last question, James, sure. are you re- are you ready? for this crazy off season that we're about to go into. I mean, this is going to be chaos. You know, the, uh, the one downside is that like, I, I get scared to death if like news hits while I'm at work, <laughs> you know, cause then I just want to cry because I can't make a video talking about it. Um, that that's one, my one biggest fear. Um, but yes, I'm very excited. Uh, it's It's going to be different than what we're used to. Cause usually we're used to seeing like, ah, oh, man, the bucks don't have to resign that many people. Oh, here comes free agency. Who are we going to get? Now it's going to be the reverse. Like we're going to get excited about re-signings. And then we're like, okay, free agency. Cool. We'll sign like two guys. And then that's, mm-hmm. that's good. Now we'll just kind of chill out until the draft, you know, it's, it's going to be the reverse this year, um, but it's still going to be exciting. Um, I can't wait to see who the Buccaneers bring back. Um, to be honest, this sounds a little weird, but like, even those players who are going to leave and go to different teams, um, I'm in, I'm excited to see where they go too, unless they go to you know an NFC South team. But uh, you know it'll be cool to see where the other players go now that they have better opportunities to make more money and you know be starters elsewhere. It's going to be a lot of fun, you know. Yeah. It, it is going to be a lot of fun. Then the draft obviously is going to be insane as always. Um, yeah, this is going to be cool. I'm ready. Um, already stockpiling some stuff ahead of time, some content, you know, just to push out there to, to keep the flow going. Mr. Content creator. Yes. Creator of bucks content creation on YouTube. We're, we're, all, we're all content creators on YouTube. You're the originator of us. Yeah. Of bucks content, of bucks, true, like, I guess in depth heartfelt content that, that, or just let me, Give you this compliment, James. <laughs> Fine, Mark. And <laughs> <laughs> live it. Love it. But other than that, James, thank you very much for coming on. Like yes. awesome. It's always awesome. Thank Never you guys. Time, always think about us. <laughs> I'm always thinking about you guys. Thank you for having me. I'm always watching your guys' videos, the film reviews. It's beautiful. They're amazing. Um, you guys do stuff that nobody else does on here, and like that's amazing and wonderful. So I, I I'm very appreciative. 
for what you guys do because it's uh it's top class content i mean that sincerely guys thank you thank you yeah so james uh with that being said uh tell everyone how they can get you know find your content and uh you know where they can can uh talk uh, bucks football with you yeah so just actually right here on youtube uh mr bucks nation um I'm on here all the time doing content, uh, talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If uh, you guys are interested, go ahead and subscribe. Go check out some of the latest videos I've been doing. Leave some comments with your own thoughts and opinions on some of those things. Um, and let's just kind of hang out and talk about Buccaneers football. It's it's always a fun time. By the way, if you guys are new here on Real Bucks Talk, go ahead and subscribe. Because I know um, I promoted it on my community tab before we started about an hour ago, I promoted it. So for any of my viewers who are just coming in and watching it, uh, subscribe here to Real Bucks Talk. That'd be pretty cool. Awesome. You demand, James. No problem. All right. Mark, any last thoughts? I think we're ready to close this out. We just had it with the greatest. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, guys in the chat, thank you so much again. Uh, James, again, thank you. This was awesome. And we'll definitely get uh, – you know, you back on here, um, you know, soon, you know, with the uh, craziness that is going to happen over the next couple of months. So with that being said, guys, everyone have a good night. And as always, go Bucks. Go Bucks.